0: hey there everyone welcome to speak now pro wrestling uh, it is friday night and we are here to chat wwe smackdown august 11th and let me tell you everyone there is so much to get into in regards to today's show there's so much to talk about uh, honestly i wasn't expecting this much to get into for today's show uh, i was expecting kind of a chill uh episode of smackdown but i will say this they followed through and gave us some stuff to talk about uh immediately following a summer slam since this is the first smackdown since summer slam so uh, we were clearly expecting some things but we got a little bit more than that so we're gonna go ahead and get right into that before i do i do want to go ahead and let you guys know that if you haven't already i have a brand new interview with AEW women's world champion hikaru shida that is up right now here on the channel and let me tell you that interview is doing really good a lot of people are really enjoying it it's about like 40 minutes long and we really deep dive into so much um really been liking all of the positive comments that i've gotten from that interview so if you haven't already please make sure to check it out but now let's go ahead and get into today's show everybody there's so much to talk about um we got a couple of super chats let's start it off there uh (laughs) jay miller 3389 says jayuso is all elite hashtag confirmed uh, jane miller i appreciate the sense of humor man uh blanca amador sends in a stupor sticker thank you so much to blanca uh christopher marino says haven't watched smackdown yet but your interview with Sheeta was great and you are and as an, you as an interviewer are amazing uh christopher marino thank you so much for this uh, again all of the uh all of the comments that i've been seeing on the Sheeta interview have this best- just been tremendous so i really appreciate everybody for taking the time to watch that and also for uh just leaving nice comments so thank you so much to christopher marino for that i appreciate it a whole lot all right so let's get to it where do you guys want to begin i think we need to begin uh we'll begin with the bloodline because that's really the reason i think people are in here and what people want to talk about so let's get to it at SummerSlam, as you all know We had the tribal combat match. And in that match, uh, we ended up seeing Jimmy Uso come in and basically pull the leg of Jay, thus causing him to lose the match against Roman Reigns. And if you guys listen to any of my SummerSlam reviews or if you were here on the watch along, you know my feelings about that. The thing that I said was that I felt that they were dragging along the story, that they were just trying to find a way to extend it, man because the bloodline has done numbers for WWE. Clearly, they recognized this. They even mentioned it in the press conference immediately following SummerSlam. Um, Paul Heyman himself said we were only in the bottom of the third innings when it came to the entire bloodline story. So it was very clear that they were finding all sorts of ways to to really stretch this one out. And so um I went into this going, all right, well, they're going to keep stretching it out. I've kind of I'm not going to say, I'm not going to sit here and say that I've lost interest in the bloodline story because that would be for me a little bit reaching. I would be reaching if I said that I lost interest in the story. However, I feel that now we are on this loop. We're in this loop where it's clear there's things that are planned, hopefully at some point, whatever the end game is. But it's also clear to me, though, that the stuff in between from now and whenever their end game is, it is still a long way. And they're finding all sorts of ways to just stretch this out, guys. So I feel that now a lot of the in-between stuff has kind of lost uh, importance. It's kind of lost uh, a little bit of value because when you keep doing things that um, are repetitive and we see swerves and then all of a sudden the swerves are undone, it starts to not matter or hit as hard anymore. And so that was kind of my you know, issue with what we saw with the bloodline following uh, SummerSlam. And I remember literally, uh, because I had seen a couple of people saying that this was their prediction, that they had predicted Jimmy turning on Jey Uso. And to me, that just didn't make any sense. So a lot of people were saying, let it play out. Let it play out. Let's wait and see what Jimmy Uso's explanation is going to be and I think a lot of people assumed that Jimmy Uso's explanation was going to perhaps be uh jealousy that he was perhaps jealous of Jey Uso because he was going to probably get the opportunity to become undisputed universal champion and also tribal chief and so with that being said um that was kind of the expectation But that was not the reason that Jimmy turned on Jey Uso. The real reason we found out here tonight was we got a confrontation between Jimmy and Roman Reigns. And during this, Jimmy tells Roman that he did not do what he did at SummerSlam. For Roman and Roman starts kind of like laughing and he's like what he starts offering he starts offering him all of these things like a fancy car he starts telling them what do you want I'll give you what you want what do you want right sort of as this reward as this compensation and Jimmy's like nope I don't want any of that and so then we get Jey Uso. Uso, comes out and he's pissed. He's livid as he should be. And he gets in Jimmy's face and he starts asking him, why did you do what you did? Like, give me a reason. And the reason, according to Jimmy, is not jealousy, but rather he was afraid of losing his brother. He loves his brother, was afraid of his brother becoming like Roman Reigns because had he won the match at SummerSlam, he would have become the new tribal chief along with getting the championship belt. And according to Jimmy, having the title of the tribal chief would basically lead him to becoming an egotistical asshole like Roman Reigns. And so his reasoning for all of this was that he did not want his brother to become like Roman Reigns. That, my friends, is the reason why he screwed him out of this victory. Now, um, I don't know how to feel about this because, like I said, uh, I would be reaching if I said that I was completely disinterested in what we're doing with the bloodline, what we're still seeing with the bloodline, right? Because at the end of the day, I'm still a fan of all these guys. I'm a fan of Roman. I'm a fan of Jimmy. I'm a fan of Jay. Everybody involved in all of this. However, now it's gotten to the point where, okay, is that a real legit reason? I don't know. I could see it. I can see it. Okay. He didn't want his brother to be like Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is a jerk. We know that. I get it. So we got more. This is not it. Now, I know a lot of people are trashing it. I get it, guys. I'm sort of with you. I'm like going back and forth. Like part of me, I think Here's the thing. I don't want to hate what they're doing with the bloodline because I've enjoyed so much of it that I don't want to hate what they're doing with the bloodline. But then again, you can't fail to recognize that they really are stretching this out, man. Like, they're trying to find all sorts of reasons to keep this going. Uh, We are in a never-ending loop, man. We are in a freaking um, maze full of mirrors trying to find an exit. But... Speaking of exits, there were some big words said by Jay at the end of this. And I'm curious to see what you guys think of this because I'm just like, okay. So Jimmy, excuse me, Jay, Jay, basically at the end of this, looks straight into the camera and he says, I'm done. I'm done with the bloodline. And I'm thinking that's obvious. He's done with the bloodline. And then he says, I'm done with SmackDown. And I'm like, oh, he's going to Raw. And then he says, I'm done with WWE. And I'm like, oh, he's taking time off and he's probably going to be back like in a couple of months either. Uh, I don't know when, maybe The Survivor Series, maybe the Royal Rumble, maybe not until WrestleMania time, so that come WrestleMania, we circle back to this. Okay, what does this mean for now between Roman and uh, Jimmy? What's going to go down with them? Is Jay going to be out of the picture momentarily? Is the focus just going to be about Jimmy and uh, Roman now, and then perhaps also Sola Sakoa since he's still there. I do not know. I do not know. My best guess here is honestly that I think they're finding trying to find a way. I love the all-elite Jey so chance. Um, by the way, where is it at? Uh everybody. <laughs> um, so my prediction here is that we're not gonna see Jay until I'm hoping, honestly, guys, I'm gonna be real with you. I'm hoping until the Royal Rumble. I know some people are like looking at the calendar and are like, damn, that's a long time, girl. What are you talking about? But it's really not. Honestly, it's really not a long time. You got August, September, October, November, December. You got five months. Five months flies by so freaking fast. Uh, Personally, that's what I would want to see. But again, uh, that is a lot of tv time who the hell knows um ideally i would not like to see him come back until the royal rumble so we can get like that big return oh my god he's back type of reaction and then of course we're already in wrestlemania season and then who knows what they have planned for wrestlemania because at this point um there's so many mu- there's so many questions up in the air right the questions are what is the end game here is the end game even going to be at at wrestlemania does it involve does it involve the bloodline And their whole scenario, or are we going to be seeing Roman versus Cody at WrestleMania? I have no idea. So my personal prediction is that we're not going to see Jay for a while, hopefully SummerSlam. And during this time in this next six months, we're just going to be seeing uh, the story mainly be about Jimmy And Roman I'm expecting to see some um, some matches between both of them Uh, as for Sola Secoa I don't know what part he's going to play in all of this only because he's really been a mystery at this point the man does not say very much so I don't really know what to expect from uh, Sola Secoa's portion in all of this is he going to side with his brother is he still going to continue being under the thumb of Roman Reigns I do not know Um, okay so guys Send in your thoughts right now. I know the chat's blowing up right now, but I want to get some concrete opinions as to how you guys um, uh, feel about this. And I'm gonna bring them up, regardless if they're positive or negative. I want to get some real impin- opinions in here. Uh, this one is from Brandon, Tampa fan, who says anybody saying this is still good is just ignorant. Ooh, that's a that's a that's a that's a interesting one there because look. It is taking too long. I literally said this before SummerSlam and even at, some, at SummerSlam and post-SummerSlam. And here we are again. Um, but you know what Paul Heyman told us, guys? Paul Heyman did not lie to us when he said we were barely in the bottom of the third inning. Do you know how long these innings are? Fuck, what if this is a doubleheader? And all of a sudden we're done with game one and then there's the next game. We don't know. We don't know. Um, <laughs> Jesus, um, there's a lot. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, we got more people in here in the chat saying Cody should have won. Dude, we didn't even need the time. I get it. They were trying to do Roman Reigns' 1,000 days. Trust me, I get it. But I was on that freaking boat. I know that this is a big, you know, uh, you know, people are on polar opposite sides when it comes to this, but we did not need the championship picture in this bloodline story especially if look at this jimmy's reason for costing his brother the match was not because of the title but rather because he didn't want him to become tribal chief so yes Cody should have one, my friends. And I know that people are going to be very mad about that. But you know what? I love it. Bring in the hot takes. If you got a different opinion, I don't care. Bring it in. Let's see what we got here. Um, this is from M. Durrett, who says Jay would actually be a very hot commodity on the open market right now. He'd go on the top of the card in most companies. Right, guys. But he's not. Like, he's going to still be in WWE, guys. It's just a matter of maybe not seeing him for a couple of months. Uh, <laughs> D Money A Cash says, jimmy did it for the rock (laughs) all right let's see what else we got here um all right we got more predictions we got some people predicting Dwayne versus roman at wrestlemania 40 guys i'm so done predicting that um it didn't happen in freaking hollywood i'm done predicting it at this point guys i'm really am done all right let's get some we got some super chats in here so let's bring it in here uh Yao says jay Sucker Jimmy in was hilarious and said, peace. So basically before he did the whole thing about saying he was done with the bloodline, saying done, he was done with SmackDown and WWE, he was calling Jay. He was calling Jay back because he had turned his back on, on, on my gosh, he was turning his back on Jimmy. So Jay called Jimmy back. And when he called him back, all of a sudden he calls him back just to super kick him in the damn face. See like that. I liked I liked that because you know what Jay Uso finally has a backbone for the longest time he was pretty much doing whatever it is that everybody else wanted when Jimmy Uso turned on Roman Reigns. Remember when we had Jay's decision and Jay was pretty much kind of torn and going back and forth. And then even afterwards, it kind of still felt like he wasn't too sure with what he had decided. It really wasn't until that attack on Jimmy where he finally decided, okay, you know what? I'm I'm fully and against Roman Reigns here. So I do like that Jays finally got in this backbone and is standing up to pretty much everybody now at this point. Yes, boy, sends in a super chat saying thoughts on the new commentary teams. It was weird, guys. Not in a – I'm not saying this in a bad way, but it was weird. So <laughs> I'll tell you why. So we had – um, we had Michael Cole, we had, uh, Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves, and they are the new, the new trios, trios. They're the new trios broadcast booth here. Uh, it's a team of three. I'm not a fan of the three man booth, to be honest. I'm more of a, of just two people because, uh, I've done commentary in the past guys, and I've done two-man boofs. I've done three-man boofs, And let me tell you, three-man booths suck ass. And the reason for that is because when you're like the third person that kind of the one in like that's not you know doing the play-by-play that's not the main color commentator all of a sudden you're sort of left with scraps so you're almost trying to find an opportunity to like speak up and when you're gonna speak and say something because everybody has their role on commentary everybody has a specific thing that they do and so (laughs) so i was thinking oh when they announced the three-man booth for smackdown i was thinking that kevin patrick was going to be like the third person in this I wasn't expecting him to still be the one sort of leading the thing so it did kind of feel weird especially because we're so used to whenever Michael Cole is doing commentary he's the one doing the tosses he's the one introducing the show he's the one segueing he's obviously the one doing the play-by-play um, he does a lot and so we saw Kevin Patrick take up a lot of that. And it was weird because you would see Kevin Patrick promoting it. And then Michael Cole's on the side, like, you know, nodding his head. But I get why they're doing it, guys. And I get it because at the end of the day, you're only going to learn any sort of job by actually doing it. You're not going to learn by not being put in that position but he already was on raw but now he's going to be shadowed by michael cole on smackdown on a weekly basis so uh it's a different type of training so uh yeah it was a little bit weird it's going to take a while to get used to but i see why they're doing it grandma daisy says evil Doink demolition 2024 hall of fame hi denise uh thank you so much grandma daisy for always sending in them super chats um johnny says the end game will be wrestlemania 50. Someone do the math, guys. WrestleMania 50. When's WrestleMania 50? Someone do the math on the years because I'm not good at math, guys. I don't do numbers. Uh, someone tell me when the hell is WrestleMania 50 slated for. Uh, <laughs> Call Me Crazy says, Jay should, um, Jay should back some indie shows to continue kayfabe oh book some indie shows to continue kayfabe i see what you mean it would be kind of funny if all of a sudden you see Jey Uso on freaking gcw um can you imagine that uh that would be really freaking great and a really good way to continue kayfabe after all it's still real to us damn it but i don't see them doing that david Kaplan says hi denise Did Ray win so he could put Allie Knight over maybe? And it's Austin Theory's future a little cloudy right now with WWE. I'll answer that in just a second. Uh, Really quickly, thank you so much to everybody here who's doing the math for me. 2034 would be when uh, WrestleMania 50 would be taking place. I didn't want to think about that, guys. That's too long from now. I ain't trying to rush life. Um, Okay, so back to David Kaplan's super chat here. So, One of the other things that happened on today's show is that we saw a brand new United States champion, and that is Rey Mysterio. So you're probably sitting here wondering, what? I thought we were going to get Santos Escobar versus Austin Theory. Well, you thought right. Instead, Austin Theory healed his way out of a match with Santos Escobar by attacking him during a backstage interview, and he ended up smashing his leg in one of the uh, production cases that they have, smashed his leg with the door. And then Santos Escobar was still going to do this match. He walks out, does his entrance, but Austin Theory comes from behind and takes him out on the back of the leg and so santos escobar is unable to actually do the match and so austin theory is thinking oh i'm in the clear i'm out of the woods i don't actually gotta wrestle today he's mocking santos escobar but instead we all knew what's coming right we all knew that Rey mysterio was going to be filling it and so ray does he fills in in this match he wrestles austin theory and for the most part you know, Ray is pretty much beating the life out of Theory. You know, he goes in there, hits him with a hurt Karana, gets him the crossbody, cross body, gets him with a 619 to the back of Austin Theory. And that is kind of what eventually plays into the actual finish of the match. Because at one point, Austin Theory goes for the A-Town down, but he's unable to actually hit it because of the back that had been previously hurt by Ray Mysterio's 619. And so finally, there's a moment where Ray again goes for the 619 hits the 619 and I think at that point everyone kind of felt it happening you felt the energy change in the room you felt a little shift there and Ray Mysterio goes on in one two three is the brand new US champion and let me tell you something here guys I could not be happier that this happened because unfortunately unfortunately things haven't necessarily been so hot right now for Austin theory. It feels like his train is just not moving along there. He hasn't necessarily, he hasn't necessarily had something to kind of further getting him. He hasn't gotten over with the people guys point blank, Uh, not as a baby face, not as a heel, not as anything. There's been very little interest in Austin theory, which is unfortunate, right? Because he's a cool guy. And we're just not seeing that we're just not seeing that. And it almost felt like the United States championship did not necessarily matter right now on the show. And at this point, honestly, I was totally cool with anybody becoming us champion. I just wanted to care about the title uh, itself, or I really wanted them to do something with Austin theory, but that wasn't happening. So now we got Ray Mysterio, with the championship. And I know David Kaplan's asking if LA Knight might win that. Uh, I thought that LA Knight was gonna go on to face Austin Theory at some point. I thought LA Knight was going to be the one to take away the championship from Austin Theory. I don't know why they didn't go that way. That was the way that I had originally expected it to go, but instead they went about it this way. And so now I'm not expecting LA Knight to immediately get involved in this picture only because I do think there is a story to be told between Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar. Now, I know that breaking up the LWO is not necessarily something that some of us might want to see I don't want to see it but at the same time I think that there could be a really great story there between Ray and Santos Escobar uh because keep in mind Santos Escobar was supposed to be the one in this match that could have been him he could have been the one holding that U.S. championship and it's not so I don't know if they're going to go that direction a couple of people on my Twitter brought up the fact that Rey Mysterio is the U.S. champion and well Dominic Mysterio is the NXT North American champion. I don't know if they're going to collide again and maybe do something there. I have no idea. Uh, But... It's interesting to see how LA Knight fits into all of this, especially if he even fits into this picture right now at this moment. David, thank you so much for the super chat. Metalhead for Life sends in a super sticker. Thank you so much to Metalhead for Life for always being very supportive on here. Victor Holland says, I equate the third wrestling commentator to a star athlete getting paid to do color on a sports broadcast. Okay. I, so I like that kind of an, uh, analogy that you just gave Victor. I appreciate that. Uh, and speaking of sports, <laughs> that sounds kind of dumb the way I said it speaking of sports. Um, Oh God. Um, I was going to say that you guys should check out the, uh, the documentary on netflix with uh, johnny football if you guys haven't seen it check that one out i just watched it last night nick grosso sends in a super chat saying i don't get why santos escobar didn't win the title tonight and why they gave it to ray is this leading to the lwo turn heel on ray mysterio this is what i'm expecting like i just said i'm expecting for it to be santos escobar and ray mysterio because i feel like they gave enough of a tease maybe not so much something so obvious But there was enough there, especially if you remember the match that Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio just had, the one where Rey got hurt. There was a moment in this match where you saw both guys like kind of slap each other, but not in a way that was respectful. In a way where there was a little bit of like heat there, even though Rey Mysterio is Santos Escobar's idol. um, But you kind of there was a little bit in there where I thought. You know what? If you're paying close enough attention, something is going to go down between Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio. So that's kind of what I'm thinking there. Uh, John Deller says Edge versus Sheamus retirement match question mark. So it's not a retirement match that I know of. At least that's not the way that it was necessarily said. But one of the other big things that happened on this show was that. Edge came out and we already knew that next week they're going to be celebrating his 25-year career and that's going to be taking place in Toronto. We ended up getting a segment on SmackDown where Edge came out and he basically said that he wanted to have a match next week and he says that the person he wanted to face was somebody that has been in the company the whole time, the whole time or for a very very long time and that they've never actually wrestled one another but this person played a big part in sort of helping him get back into the WWE after his neck surgery that many of us thought edge was never going to return. Right. So he ends up naming this guy that he's never had a one-on-one match with. And that, my friends, is Sheamus. Sheamus is the guy that he has not had a one-on-one match with. And I was going, damn, is that true? So, of course, type in my little fingers, get on to cage match. And yeah, it's true. There has not been a one-on-one match with Sheamus and Edge, not that he would lie about that, but still, they did a they teamed up a whole bunch. Like basically since 2010, they teamed up a whole bunch. They did a bunch of house shows together, a couple of Raws. They were in like a triple threat match. I think it was at a Raw house show one time, but never a one on one match. And I was sitting there going, "Hell, freaking yes!" We were just sitting here. Last week, talking about how Sheamus did an interview where he said that after the match with Gunther, he kind of felt like creative after the match with Gunther and after the WrestleMania match that WWE didn't have anything for him creatively, that they didn't necessarily follow through with some of the organic momentum that Sheamus had gathered from that match in particular with Gunther and so he was kind of bummed about it and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking okay Edge versus Sheamus we can definitely get something that's so freaking awesome with that I know this is a 25 year match for a celebration match for Edge but I feel like they could probably depending on how on how it goes next week they could probably even extend this and maybe do something a little bit more because you know, we need something more of a story for Seamus. The dude really did get some organic momentum, and I would hope so. Uh, let's see what else we got. Metalhead for Life sends in a super chat, super chat saying, is it me or Kevin Patrick completely sucks? I feel so bad, guys. He's a really nice guy. Uh, I met him at the Cody Rhodes red carpet documentary thing that they did, and he's a very nice guy. But if you listen to my raw post shows, you know that how I feel. I just didn't think the energy was there. And the shows need the energy, man. I want to go in. I want to turn on the USA Network. I want to turn on Fox TV and be like, holy shit, I'm fucking watching Raw. And it instead, I tuned in and it was, you're watching Raw. <laughs> no, I need more. I need more, guys. Uh, Zahira Sharif says, What would be awesome is if Rikishi makes an appearance and blames Roman Reigns. First of all, Zahira, thank you so much for this very generous super chat. I really appreciate you uh, sending this in. But also, we have been waiting for the longest time for any of the other family members to get in here, to get involved. We have been talking about Rikishi for like the longest time. I feel like at some point we thought, okay, by SummerSlam. Nope, it didn't happen. You know what? It'll happen at SummerSlam. Nope, it didn't happen. And it still hasn't happened. So at this point, I'm thinking, okay, if what Paul Heyman has said is true. They're really extending this out. Then there's clearly plenty of time. But again, so much has to happen in between to continue getting people to stay interested in this story. There's just a lot that needs to happen. Zahira, thank you so much for this generous super chat. Please sending you some um, some good karma your way. Call me crazy says theory is basically prodigy Drew McIntyre. Sad. Oh man. You know, when Drew McIntyre, when he first came in, he was, you know, not the version of Drew McIntyre that he is now. He clearly had to, you know, go outside WWE and find, get an edge, right? Get an edge. He came back and dude was like superstar. Written all over him, and that hasn't necessarily happened for Austin Theory. Like the shades are there, shades of superstar, definitely there. I've interviewed the guy a bunch, I've seen the personality. He's got personality, it's just a matter, I think, for Austin Theory of finding the right story because Austin Theory is very talented in ring guys. I've seen so much of his work in NXT, I've liked uh, shades of what I've seen of his matches on the main roster but it's more so a story a purpose and they haven't necessarily given him that and also let's be fair he's had some some odds stacked against him and one of them was that weird program that he was involved with with Vince McMahon when they did the egg thing that was really weird people didn't know what to make of that I watched that Every week, and did not know what to make of it. And then you had the terrible cash in. He wins money in the bank briefcase. Then you had that terrible cash in for him on Raw. So he's had some odds stacked against him. But then at the same time, it's like, well, right now, I find myself being more interested in guys like Grayson Waller. And, you know, they're kind of similar in terms of personality. So you want to stand out, you want to be different. Steven Marchulli sends in a super chat saying, let's see a bloodline fatal four way at Royal rumble for the title winner for the title winner gets Cody at WrestleMania. I feel like that would be too obvious though. If you're in a fatal four way and you got Jimmy J Roman and solo, I feel like everybody would be like, this better be Roman or else, or else the interest is not necessarily going to be as high if it's Cody versus somebody else. Uh, but Steven, thank you so much for the super chat though david Kaplan says who's taller zelina denise or thea i'm actually taller than zelina and thea and i know this because the interview that i did with like lwl check it out check it out i literally look like a monster next to zelina and i've stood next to thea hale really quickly and yeah i'm also taller but then again i was wearing big shoes that day so I'm not too sure on Thea Hale, but I know for sure I'm taller than Zelina. So give me that one. Give me that one. Christopher Ludeck sends in a super chat saying Jay should come back with, with a Sting 1997-like character where he's a loner and as a person is an enigma who won't associate with anybody and barely wrestles. I don't know about barely wrestles, but I would like to see him come back and be like, I've got scars. All of a sudden, he's been damaged. He's gone through shit. No, not really. I think I would want to see Jay Uso come in and be like, "I'm back, baby. Let's fucking go." But then again, it all really depends on when he comes back and how long he's actually been gone for. If he comes back like in two weeks, it ain't gonna hit us hard, guys. It ain't gonna hit us hard if he comes back in like two freaking weeks. So yeah. Um, okay, and I'm still trying to get a couple more uh, thoughts in here, guys. So if you had a really great thought and you and I didn't get to see it, please. Keep sending them in the chat. I'm trying to get as much uh, uh, of your opinions on here. If you want to make sure it gets read 100% guaranteed, then you are more than welcome to send in a super chat. And so now, (laughs) y'all are are killing me right now, guys. Y'all are killing me with the uh, (laughs) J-E-W. I'm dead with the J-E-W. Freaking comments on this whole thing. It's hilarious, guys. I love it. Y'all make me laugh so much. Also, I don't know why I'm saying y'all so much. It's a terrible thing to say in terms of like using it all the time. It's annoying. I'm annoying myself. All right, moving on from this. And let's see what we got. Mm, I'm gonna go ahead and this one's from Tiger Claw Gaming, who is a DWL member. Says Jay Uso returns at WrestleMania 40, screws over Cody, and the bloodline reunites. Oh my God! So, so, what you're saying? Hold on, Tiger Claw. What? I'm gonna, I'm gonna flatter you for a bit here. So you're saying that all of a sudden we get Roman and Cody at WrestleMania 40, and we're all thinking it's finally going to be the moment for Cody Rhodes, and then Jey Uso comes back and cost him the match, and then again Cody Rhodes loses to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. How much adversity would this man have to go through? how much would this man have to go through tiger claw you killed me that was hilarious all right so oh no this is not good george l not good all right moving on from this (laughs) oh we got some people agreeing with tiger claw here well i know they're going to try and extend this to wrestlemania everyone i'm expecting come wrestlemania 40 i'm expecting to see roman reigns in the main event Coming out with this championship, maybe at that point he's going to have like 50 belts around him. I'm definitely expecting it. All right, so let's get into some of the other items that occurred on the show. We pretty much covered all of the big stuff, but there's some other stuff to talk about too. And I'm going to go ahead and kick things off with Charlotte Flair and Asuka. Really, the quick thing to say about here is this match pretty much ended up being... We were having a nice little competitive match and it looked like Asuka was about to get the victory. But damage control comes in and attacks both Charlotte and Asuka. And so we don't actually get a real winner here. But the thing that they did tease in this entire segment, though, is that it's looking and we've already known this right we've already known the whole drama between Bailey and EO and it kind of seems like that would put that was put at a pause however once again they tease that Bailey is referring to her and EO as we are the champions and they made sure to let us know that Bailey is referring to them as a the champions as we so i think one thing to keep an eye out on is again Bailey and what happens with EO as champion. I really hope that they do EO right here, everyone. I really do hope that they they don't do EO dirty. She feels like the most, she feels like a refreshing champion. Clearly someone we haven't seen as champion here on the main roster. So definitely refreshing. And I really do hope that they actually give her a real purpose on the show. But I'm still not, I'm still kind of, Right now, they haven't really given me an indication to make me feel like she isn't. I almost feel like she's going to be a temporary champion. Uh, I don't know if I'm necessarily expecting a long title reign. Uh, I guess we really have to kind of get it going, and it still really hasn't gotten going just yet. A little slow start, but right now, I'm just a little worried. I'm a little worried that she's just going to be a transitional champion and nothing more, and that's what I'm a little bit concerned about. So I hope that they start... Getting my hopes up a little bit, you know, get my hopes up just a tad. All right. So, uh, we got a couple more super chats here to read. So, let me pull these up. This one is from Yes Boy, who says, What's the heat between Michael Cole and Top Dollar? They even got Cole bearing Top Dollar on WWE 2K23 during his pro, his entrance scene. So, let's talk about this. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. All right. Here we go. Mm, where is it at? Damn it. Oh, yeah. Ellie Knight versus Top Dollar. So, As you guys know, LA Knight won the Battle Royal. And basically, the heat that comes between Michael Cole and Top Dollar is... Do you guys remember when Top Dollar had that botch? That really terrible botch? Ever since then, Michael Cole has been making fun of him. And literally, like, the whole world is making fun of Top Dollar for that botch. And since then, he's basically called them flop dollar one week he's been calling them all sorts of things and so now michael cole and top dollar i guess have some heat or beef or whatever you want to call it and there was actually a really funny line that kevin patrick had at one point he called he called top dollar michael cole's best friend so i thought that was pretty hilarious but the match itself very, very freaking quick. LA Knight goes in there, he defeats Top Dollar. And during this, Michael Cole does a rap. He very interesting segue, first and foremost. They can, they wished Hulk Hogan a happy birthday for his 70th birthday. And then he says, it's also the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. And so I've got I've got some bars to drop. And he does a little rap. And one of the parts that he says is. Who's hotter than top dollar B. fab. So that's what Michael Cole said there, but LA Knight gets the victory here. And as you guys know, LA Knight is feuding with the Miz really. I'm actually interested in that feud over on the raw side of things. I'm actually digging it. I was a fan of what they did. The promo work between the Miz and LA Knight actually hit. And I'm not a fan Of a lot of the recent stuff the Miz has done. But let me tell you, they sold me on this feud with LA Knight and the Miz. So I'm feeling what they're doing on that end. But I don't know if he's just having sort of like the stuff with him and Hit Row. It doesn't really feel like it means anything to me. Like he's just going in, having these matches with Hit Row. Nobody really cares. This wasn't even a competitive match with him and Top Dalla. Because let's be real, you probably weren't going to get one. So kind of is what it is there. Call me crazy says throughout thoughts on Dom versus Cody. <laughs> thoughts on Dom versus Cody story going on longer. Cody becomes North American champion. Nope, I don't. I wouldn't want that. I think they, the next step for Cody is definitely the World Heavyweight Championship. And they tease that also on Monday Night Raw. So I don't know if I would want to see this whole Dominic Mysterio. Cody Rhodes thing continue any longer so I'm definitely gonna ask that and say no Uh, but call me crazy thank you so much for the super chat Johnny says Santos will win the US belt by LWO heel turn on Rey Mysterio and a lot of people feel that it's coming it might they've had a lot of sweet moments but they also did tease they did have a small tease that there is a possibility that Santos could turn on Rey Mysterio. It's just a matter of if they decide to do that because I feel like the L.W.O. could still do so much more as a stable. And right now you got quite a bit of stables forming on SmackDown. You have Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, which we got a segment with them today. They did a little video and they were in a lounge somewhere with champagne looking fly with like all of the really great suits. I mean, they had Angelo Dawkins in a bow tie. So that was really cool. They tow champagne. He's talking about how they have a lot of untapped potential and that they're going to be the new blood. You heard that right. The new blood. And you know that Bobby Lashley wanted to feud with the bloodline. But right now the bloodline is pretty much in shambles. So we'll see what comes of that. We got a super chat here from Roberto Arsenal who says, your interview with Sheeta was great. She's amazing. Guys, please check out that interview with Cheetah. It was an awesome, awesome conversation. Really good stuff. They're very happy with a lot of the feedback that that's gotten. So thank you so much to Roberto Arsenal. All right. And I've got so many different thoughts here. Let's get into the rest of what else happened on the show. And I want to go ahead and get into another item that we haven't talked about. And we just mentioned stables they sort of teased perhaps the start of a new stable, okay? So let's talk about this because this is a little bit interesting in terms of I don't know what they're doing here. So AJ Styles versus Karrion Cross. I know this is still going on. There was no reason for this to continue anymore. AJ Styles already beat Karrion Cross Kro- cleanly a couple weeks ago in a nothing match that didn't matter, did was not good. Beat him. No one cared. We were happy to move on. And we're back to this. But before the actual match, Karrion Cross had a video package. And this video package was not bad. He basically said that, AJ Styles showed him the importance of brotherhood and mentioned disciples. And throughout this, I'm thinking, okay, where are you getting at with this brotherhood? Where are you getting at with this disciples thing? And then he says, and soon you will see. So I take it that this means that carrying Cross is going to bring some friends. That Karen Cross may start his own stable. But then I was thinking, who would his stable be? Who would his stable be? I have no idea. So I'm thinking, okay, is there anybody on the main roster or on SmackDown, excuse me, on SmackDown specifically that could be in a stable with Karen Cross? And I went on the roster page, and the only options are hit row, but that would not match at all. Like, Hit Row and Karen Cross would not make any sense to me. Then Cameron Grimes, same thing. He doesn't match with him either. That wouldn't make sense to me. So then I started thinking, what if they call somebody up? And then the only person I could think of was the Diad over on NXT. And I'm thinking, what if they brought them up to basically be these guys alongside Cross? And so that's all I can really think of. And I have another person here who also mentioned the schism. Oh, I didn't think of these people. Dr. Thanos says Mason Monsoor. So we know that um, there's probably going to be a change in their characters and their personal and their personas because they were the maximum male models before. And that was not that was not working at all. So maybe they'll rebrand them and bring them with Carrie Cross. Okay, I can see that being a possibility because if not, it's probably gonna be the diet. So we'll see. I don't know. But the match itself, guys, I hope that we're done seeing AJ Styles feuding with Karing Cross because it is not good. The match itself is pretty much there, it, it there was one. Little patch of this match that was not good. It kind of looked like Cross was just not getting light for AJ Styles, and there was like this really weird hiccup at one point. So it was not necessarily the very best, but everything else aside from that was fine. It was pretty much just AJ Styles attacking Karen Cross. Karen Cross got a little bit of offense. I really wish the one thing that I think that really kind of took me out of this match though is I really wish that Karen Cross laid in his punches a lot more. Uh, they look so effective freaking soft I just really wish that he would just lay it in so much more um, little things like that guys they matter little things like how you hit somebody how you how you do what you do is going to help people get interested in you but there was just a lot here that there were a couple of misses and this is not necessarily the program that I think a lot of people have been feeling for AJ style so I'm hoping that we get to see things uh, switch up just a little bit and we also did see the drama continued between Meechin and Scarlett on the outside because Scarlett was getting involved. And I made a joke on Twitter that it really feels like the real beef here, the real feud is between AJ Styles and Scarlett. Because if you guys recall, back in June, when this whole thing was, you know, getting going, there was a moment where AJ Styles told Scarlett, "I'm married, bitch," when she when I guess he took it as she was trying to put the moves on him, and so that's how he responded to her. And so that was back in June. And then she's been the one that's been getting involved in all the matches. So at this point, I'm starting to feud. I'm starting to feel like that's the real feud right there. People really be interested in Scarlett, but nah, in all seriousness though, I really hope this is over. I really hope we're moving on. And based on how AJ Styles defeated Carrying cross once again, cleanly, I feel like we are officially done with this. Officially done with this, hopefully. Uh, Chris Ludeck sends in a very generous super chat saying, I like Tiger Claw's idea with Roman beating Cody at WrestleMania 40. The bloodline reunites and they tell Cody to go back to Ellis Island. Then Reigns loses to the rock, then plot twist. He takes over us tribal chief my god my god you guys are wild what did cody do to y'all what did cody do to everybody here what did cody do to you people (laughs) i'm about to start cutting a you people promo chris LeDeck, thank you so much for the super chat i see what you're getting at with this but i don't need to see cody get screwed again at another wrestlemania that would just be really messed up man at this point come on now poor guy Give him let him have his moment, let him have his victory. Keep building him up until then and let him have that moment. We'll see. We got another super chat here from Victor Holland who says, I could have seen the triple A or Impact Killer Cross character going to New Japan Pro Wrestling and joining Bullet Club. This guy, nope. Yeah, you know, when Karen Cross in NXT, there was a lot of good moments for him there too. And I I always go back to this, but I loved what we saw between him and Samoa Joe. Like that was really good stuff. And I don't know what's happened to cross on the main roster. It just hasn't been working. It hasn't been sticking. But before I remember I interviewed cross before he even came to the WWE before he was even in NXT and he was freaking cool, man. Like the guy was so intimidating and you looked at him. You're like, yes, star right there and so i really do wish that we saw that version of cross on the main roster i really still think that first impressions matter and i do think that what they did with cross when he first came into wwe raw i really feel like that impacted so much of cross moving forward i think the people kind of were just they were over it they were over it and just hasn't had the opportunity to win them back. And it's not like he hasn't had big opponents. He's been in programs with Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles, Ray Mysterio. Think about that. So it, that is unfortunate, but. It is what it is. Uh, Victor Holland, thank you so much for the super chat. Ethan Kaufman sends in a super chat saying Bray Wyatt and Karen Cross joining up. Uh, I don't know. I know that Sean's report said that Bray Wyatt was close to a WWE return. But God, I don't know if I would pair him up with Karrion Cross. I keep those two separated. No, I, I feel like Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, when he came back, a lot of people were really excited because they loved all the QR code stuff and everything that they were doing. People thought we were going to be seeing these new cool things. And then we get the pitch black Mountain Dew match at Royal Rumble, whatever the hell that thing was called. And it was just a big thumbs down. And so when Bray Wyatt comes back, it really needs to, he needs to hit it, needs to hit it, needs to have an interesting story, an interesting character. It needs to work because if not, the people are just going to, you know, shit on it the way that they did with the pitch black match so that was you know that sucked he was very proud of that he spoke about that on the press conference but it just it was it was not good guys it was not good and I was there live for that and I still remember seeing the spot with freaking what was his name Uncle Howdy the Uncle Howdy spot where he completely missed LA Knight that was awful and then i couldn't even see the match in the actual building because everything was dark and i was just seeing laser beams and i'm just sitting there going oh what's happening right now <laughs> so yeah uh ethan thank you so much for the super chat man i appreciate it and all right we got another one here from azar zahira sharif thank you so much to zahira for another really generous super chat saying i want roman to pa- to pass Bruno Martino's record, that's a really long time, guys. Really, really long time. I don't want them to do that to Roman Reigns. I think it would do more harm than good. I, I know that it would probably be, you know, it would be shocking if that were to happen, but it's just too long, just too long. I think that Roman, at one point, I, I'm hoping that WrestleMania 40 is the is the night that he loses the championship. I really hope that's the night because at this point we need we need something more. We need to keep things going. Plus the chapter of what Roman Reigns would look like without the championship. I'm also interested in that. So hopefully we'll see it. I don't know. Zahira, thank you so much for the super chat. I really thank you for that. Uh, thank you for your generosity. And let's get some thoughts in here. This one's from Aesthetic Delta. This is on Caring Cross saying, they aren't booking Cross to win. That's the thing. And since then, that's not happening. That's hurting his momentum. A faction where he gets to cheat wins, et cetera, like a second coming, like a second coming of the Acolytes. So I think that what it is with Cross, it's more so that a lot of the acts it's coming across, it's weird because... In the vignettes, it, it's kind of interesting. It works. He looks cool. He's got a presence. It got an aesthetic going. It, it could work. But then in the actual ring, it falls very, very flat. It's very vanilla. There's no it's there's no energy between cross and the fans. There's no connection there. It doesn't like you're not feeling it when you're watching on TV. There's like, it's almost like the fans unplugged from Cross. I Cross. Can't, I can't explain this. And that's what they need to do. Like, they need to drive up some sort of interest. And you got to take away the blandness and make it interesting. I don't know wh- what they can do. Uh, I-, I don't know at this point, guys. Because, you know, we've seen quite a bit and nothing has necessarily worked just yet. So I just don't know anymore. Um, All right, so that's where we're at with all of this. And let's go ahead and see if there was anything else that I missed on today's show. I think I pretty much got everything already, covered everything that actually went down for today. And so before I go, if you guys want to get any last-minute thoughts, please go ahead and send them in. And also, the last thing that I want to go ahead and let you guys know is... If you haven't checked out that interview with Hikara Shido, guys, please check that one out because I'm really trying to get more interviews, everybody. And the better my views are, the the more opportunities that I will get for, for interviews. So I'm really, really hoping that that one does some good numbers so that we can keep getting some more interviews and whatnot. Uh, we got another super chat here from Lawrence Ross. It says, kind of surprised, but I think you called it with A-Town down. Uh, Viva La Raza. Uh, wait, what did I say? I think you called it. They town down Viva La Raza. Did I, did I call it? What did I call? I think I, I called. Well, I'm pretty much said last. I've been saying the same thing that we just need to see a new champion. Yeah. Sorry. I'm so sorry, Lawrence. I don't think I necessarily understood your super chat, but I, I did. I did necessarily expect to see something different happen. And I'm honestly glad that it did though. I think we needed it. We really did need a new champion there. Thank you so much, Lawrence Ross. And I'm so sorry I didn't fully understand your super chat. But yes, viva la raza. Thank you so much to Lawrence. And um, all right. So I think that's pretty much it, everybody. All right. So last thing that I'm going to say is tomorrow I will be back on Saturday to talk about AEW Collision. It's gonna be a pretty good show. I'm excited to talk about it, so I will be back on Saturday. Also, one final thing, if you are not really a video podcaster, watcher, and you wanna watch or you wanna listen on Spotify or Apple, I am on Spotify, I am on Apple Podcasts. I've been getting so many reviews and people leaving really nice comments. So if you guys haven't yet, Please head on over there, leave a review, leave a comment. It really helps out the podcast. I'm back in the top 40 right now, top 40 U.S. wrestling podcasts, and I'm trying to get higher and higher. So please go there, uh, check out some of the audio podcasts if you want, and then also leave a comment or a review, a rating. It really helps out a whole lot. We got a super chat here from Stephen Marchuli who says, Bring in other members of the NOI family like Jacob Fatu to the next phase of the Bloodline Saga. Guys, I don't think I've said this enough on these streams, but I am such a big fan of Jacob Fatu. I've seen him work a lot in GCW, and man, that dude is sick, man. That dude, oh, I would not mess with him. I would not mess with Fatu. He is a beast, man. And if he were to come on in, Oh, you would not be ready. You would not be ready for the intensity that is Jacob Fatu. Steven Marchulli, thank you so much for the super chat. And let's put that out there in the, let's put that out there in the hemisphere. Hemisphere? Atmosphere. Jesus, guys, it's Friday. It's Friday. I'm done already. I'm so done. All right, everyone, that's it. I'll see you guys back here next week or on Saturday. Saturday, collision. Tuesday, back for NXT conversation. Wednesday, AEW Dynamite. And then Friday, once again, SmackDown. Live going on. Thank you guys so much. Bye, everyone.